Hey there, friends. I have something really exciting to share, and of course, I'm going to come to you with it first. As faithful listeners here to the Inventory Genius Podcast, I am thrilled to let you know that I am releasing my first full-length book, The Inventory Genius, How to Use Your Inventory to Create More Profit and Keep More Cash. Yes, my book, The Inventory Genius. It is ready to release, and I want to invite you to get your own copy. Now, this book is, of course, going to be practical as it shows us and walks us through how to use our inventory to create more profit and keep more cash in our business, but it's also a little entertaining. So in this book, I weave together my journey, my story, and the story of many of my clients as we discovered through the Inventory Genius Method how to create more profit and keep more cash in our businesses, whether it is paying down debt or taking a paycheck for the first time, there is so much to be learned in the Inventory Genius. So I want you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, and grab your copy of the Inventory Genius. You don't want to miss this book. See you soon. Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra. I'm a profit strategist and inventory genius, and I would love to make you an inventory genius as well, because it's time for us to take that inventory you have and turn it into more profit so you can create more profit and keep more cash in your business. Today, we're going to be talking about some complex um, things that might be, might be, or have been added to your business model and how we can handle those as they directly affect our inventory and our profits. So we're going to dive into three topics. We're going to talk about drop shipping. We're going to talk about damages, and we're going to talk about adding a service to your inventory based business. Let's go ahead and get started. All right. So um, I'm going to read, just to kick it off, we're going to talk about dropshipping, and I'm going to read this excerpt from my book, um, just to give you a little background on dropshipping and how I worked through this with one of my clients. When Megan, when Megan first joined one of my masterclasses, she had just reopened after a period of time. In her first go around, she'd only made $900 in sales over a period of five years. She was exhausted and defeated, so she decided to liquidate everything and close down. However, like many of you, she had the entrepreneurial bug. She loved retail and wanted to give it another go. Around the time she opened up again, she found my masterclass. She knew something had to give and she had to do things differently this time. So she bit the bullet and she signed up for coaching. Megan knew she needed to understand her numbers. When she started with me, she was making around $1,000 a month. On our initial coaching call, I told her that the next benchmark was for her to gross the $10,000 mark. Megan would tell you that she inwardly scoffed when I told her this, but she decided to outwardly smile to focus on the right things and to get to work. Fast forward two and a half years and Megan is now grossing that $10,000 a month, paying herself and reducing her debt. It's time for her to add a new layer, drop shipping. So this might be the story that many of you have found yourself in. You had a successful retail business or 
um, you wanted to add in a new layer of clients or possibly bring in some new brands and drop shipping seemed to be the way to go. What most inventory-based business owners don't realize is that when they drop ship, most often the margins on the drop ship product is going to be much smaller than the margin would be on the product that you purchase and that you actually own and then turn around and sell. And this is because the shipper themselves is assuming the risk, right? They're often paying for shipping. They're assuming the risk because they own the inventory and they don't get to realize profitability from that inventory until you sell it for them and they drop ship it. Um, and so a lot of times retailers don't think about this. And so as they bring in drop shipped product and it start to take, starts to take up the volume of sales. So let's say you have hundred customers and now half of them are purchasing drop, purchasing drop shipped product instead of all of your product, your margin might begin to dip. And that's okay if we've planned for it. So drop shipping can be a phenomenal way to grow your business um, and to really help with cash flow because no longer are you assuming the risk of product. You're not hoping and praying that what you, you know, dish out money for actually sells. You're not, you know, sitting on the edge of your seat hoping that you made a good purchase and then you have to buy it and you have to fund it until that inventory turns into cash again. You're now using inventory owned by someone else to produce revenue for you. And that's why I love adding drop shipping in as a layer into our business if we do it the right way. So here's what I'd love for you to do. I would like to, for you to start tracking your sales from the inventory you own and the inventory that you sell through drop shipping in two different lines. I want you to be able to look at it and review it monthly. Separated. So instead of one big lump sum revenue number, I want you to look at what is my revenue and margin on the inventory I own? And what is my revenue and margin on the inventory that I am drop shipping? Okay. And then as you evaluate that and you can see the difference in both revenue and more importantly in margin, we can start to figure out what the formula needs to look like so that the ratio still allows for you to create an overall gross margin and overall net profit that you want to see in your business. So <clears throat> perhaps that's a 75-25 split. Maybe 75% of what you sell is the inventory that you purchase and you get a phenomenal margin on. And 25% of it is the inventory that you drop ship. Your margin's a little lower, but you're not um, laying out cash in order to get that inventory in. So we can add drop shipping to an inventory-based business. Just understand that it is going to affect your overall margin. And so you want to make sure that the ratio of what you're selling in each of those different areas makes sense for what your operating expenses and the debt that you're servicing um, looks like in your business. All right, next, let's talk about damages. So we all have those customers. They love to shop, yet they constantly return products that happen to fall apart under their care, right? Or we have those vendors who we sell out of in an instant, but every time we get a shipment from them, there's something in it that's damaged, there's a misship, there's something like that going on with that vendor. And we don't want to get rid of the vendor because we sell their products so well, or they produce a great margin for us, but we're constantly finding ourselves with some damages. For many product-based business owners, this question never even comes up. The question of what do we do with those damages? They open a shipment, they pull out a damaged picture frame or a snake sweater, and they just throw it in the garbage or worse yet, they shove it in their back room. It's on a shelf or it's in a closet or in a tub out in the warehouse. But these items, these damaged items are part of your inventory. You paid for them 
and you need to accurately record the, the life cycle of these inventory items. It's important to remove these damages from your inventory on a consistent basis to make sure that your loss is recorded properly. So if you purchase, let's say a picture frame, um, and you you have it shipped to you, it comes damaged, you can't sell it, you've paid possibly $10 for that or $5 for that. Or perhaps you're a furniture store and you, you know, get an item in and it's, you know, quite large and you paid quite a bit for that piece. And now it's damaged and you can't sell it for full price. And so you lose margin on that. You paid for that product. It's in your inventory. We need to record for it accurately. So when a customer returns something, it's, you know, it has shrunk or there's a stain all over it. There's no possible way for you to sell it. And you give them a refund because you want to make that customer happy. I want you to think of creating a process for those damages so that on a monthly basis, you're looking at all of the damages that you receive that you can't get reimbursed for. So a vendor won't return them. They won't give you credit for them. Um, all of those items that have been damaged out and I want you to damage them out in your system and then turn in that paperwork to your accountant or your bookkeeper so that they can accurately record that loss on your profit and loss statement. So let's just give a, a, an example here real quick. Let's say we had a $100 invoice for necklaces, okay? We were a jewelry store. So we had a bunch of necklaces come in and the invoice total was $100. Now remember that inventory is gonna make its first stop on our balance sheet. So that $100 worth of product is an asset for us until it's sold. So it's going to be turned into our bookkeeper or accountant and the first stop of that dollar amount is gonna be on the balance sheet. So now we own $100 worth of jewelry. That's an asset, it has value to us. Now, let's say one of the items in that $100 lot was broken. Maybe um, a customer came in and they had a child that ran around our jewelry rack, and this has happened to me before, um, played with the jewelry, pulled something apart, all the beads scattered across the floor. We have to throw that piece out. Now, we don't want to charge the customer for it because she's one of our best customers and, you know, accidents happen, right? But we have to throw it away. It's of no use to us. Now, we've paid for that jewelry piece. We've paid for that necklace. We can't just forget about it and not take it out of inventory. So what we need to do at the end of the month is because we've recorded that, maybe we've put in, put those beads or a portion of that necklace in our damages bin in the back room. So we have a system and a process for you know accurately taking our damages and recording them and processing them. So we pull that damages bin out, that necklace is in there. We're going to ring that necklace up at zero, right? Because now we need to get it out of our system. We're going to print off that receipt and we're going to turn it into our bookkeeper so she can pull that amount, that value from the inventory asset on our balance sheet. She's going to pull it and she's going to bring it over to the profit and loss statement. It's going to show up at co as cost of goods sold with no sale attached to it, which means our margin is zero. We have no zero, right? Or we have no margin, excuse me, it's at zero. But that's gonna reduce our overall profit, which is okay, because we paid for that inventory and we gave it away, essentially. We gave it away to the garbage can, but we gave it away. Maybe you take um, some of your damages and you donate them. Same thing, let's remove them from inventory. Let's turn in that information to our bookkeeper or accountant so that they can expense those things out um, so that they come off of our balance sheet, that they're expensed out, and we don't have the tax liability from having that inventory or selling that inventory when we actually made nothing on it. All right. Then our last complex topic that I want to discuss today is adding service to your product-based business. So I firmly believe that the best companion to inventory is service. 
While margin caps at a certain point in inventory, service can create margin-rich sales that complement your inventory and ultimately can grow your net profit by leaps and bounds. That's why I love this idea of creating a service component in every single inventory-based business. Now, perhaps you are a wholesaler or a maker and you say, Sierra, like there, what on earth would I offer as a service? Can you teach classes? Can you put together a paid support group for all of your clients where, you know, maybe they're possibly part of a community and they pay $5 a month to, to learn a little bit about your product or about how to sell better or how to find customers or whatever your specialty is. Um, maybe you're a brick and mortar store. Maybe you're a, a furniture store and you can add a design service. So people can pay to add on, um, you know, a way that you help them design their home. Um, there's lots of ways that we can add service into our inventory-based business. And while this might seem like it adds complexity, if done well, this can create margin-rich opportunity that ultimately just drops to the bottom line and gives us more profitability. I want you to think outside the box because every single one of you listening has something to offer to your customers. So create that avatar list, understand who your customer is, why they shop for, with you, what problem you solve for them, and then turn the solution into a service that you can offer for a price. And it doesn't have to be a big price or it could be an amazing price. Maybe you're gonna add a membership component. I want you to think about Costco, okay? Everyone knows about Costco. And what do we do? We pay to shop at Costco, okay? This is a service that they offer. The membership is purchased so that we can go and buy stuff in their store, okay? So every inventory-based business can add some type of service component to their model that will create margin-rich opportunity, which ultimately just draw, drops more money to the bottom line. And at the end of the day, that's what we want, right? We want to be profitable businesses that are debt-free, that have a strong balance sheet, that pay us what we deserve to earn as business owners, and that cause us to have joy and feel fulfilled because we are going to work and we're getting compensated for it. That's what we want. And profit drives that. So here are some ideas for all of you today, hopefully talking through dropshipping damages how to take care of them and adding a service component component to your business has just um, made you think a little bit, uh, make you step out of your comfort zone and pushed you to create more profit and keep more cash. All right, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you wanna dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I wanna invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I wanna help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck, because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me, I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey boutique owner, are you ready to go from drowning in busy work to dreaming about the future? Simple Strategies Group creates automated marketing systems that work 24 seven so you do not have to. And you know how important I tell you it is to have automated simplified systems. And that's why you need to get a hold of Liz. Liz Whitehead is a certified Clavio Master Silver Partner as well as a certified Postscript Partner. She knows her stuff. 
She works with e-commerce product-based businesses to implement email and text marketing strategies that build trust and nurture your customer relationships. She wants to do this for you so that you can start to focus on the front lines of your boutique business. So visit simplestrategiesgroup.com for more info. That's simplestrategiesgroup.com.